Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of The Fandom Report. I'm your host, Catherine Mora, and I'm so happy to have Trista back on the podcast with me. Hi, Trista. Hi, thank you for having me back. I'm so excited to be here and to talk with you. Yeah, no, I always love having you on. And, you know, the audience also loves having you on, especially because, as you guys know from reading the title of today's episode, we're going to be talking about Daredevil the amazing breaking news that it's officially coming back. Yes, it's officially back. And Trista, you're actually the person who let me know, who told me this news. So can you just tell me like, were you just scrolling online? Like, how did you find out? Yeah, so somehow I always get my news from Google, like the recommended page on Google. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I've like really googled so much about daredevil that it knows to just push out daredevil articles to me immediately <laughs> um and i saw that variety had posted about daredevil coming back and i clicked on it and i kind of freaked out because i didn't know if it was actually confirmed or not because sometimes there are articles about confirmations that aren't actually true and it's just rumors or leaks online yeah. but i saw the variety article and i was like oh this is legit like variety got an exclusive and so immediately i actually went and texted you as soon as i found out <laughs> and i just freaked out and yeah it was kind of surreal to be honest yeah no i cuz i you know i was at work um and i looked at my phone and i just see i saw like the first couple of texts is just like my name in all caps <laughs> and then the link I was like oh my god it's variety variety is like legit like legit, this is 100% yeah. happening and it was it's just so exciting like we've been wanting this for so long we've talked about this so many times too and to like finally have it becoming a reality it's just mind-blowing I know it's like, it feels like we've been waiting for this confirmation for so long. Like we knew that it, something was coming. You know, we saw Charlie Cox in No Way Home. We saw Vincent D'Onofrio in Hawkeye. So we knew it was going to build up to something, but to finally have the relief of getting an actual confirmation, it just made it feel like, oh, this is actually happening. Like this isn't just a rumor anymore. Yeah. And it seems like, because I remember before uh, one of the previous episodes, I asked you like, what would you prefer? Like, the writing to remain consistent, but different cast or uh, the same cast, but like not the same level of writing. And just based off stuff that I've been seeing on social media, like, um, I, um, oh God, what's her first name? Uh, she plays uh, Jessica Jones, Christian Ritter, right? Yes. Yes. That she posted a picture of her and, you know, the, the guy who plays Luke Cage. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, it seems like, and the actress who played, um, oh, why is, um, I keep forgetting everybody's names. Oh my gosh. She plays um, Foggy's lawyer girlfriend. Oh, I can't think of the actress's it's name, not, but. Yeah, but she posted a picture a while back. Yes. With like the, I think it was like a Disney plus cap on. So I'm like, okay, I feel like we're probably getting the same cast to mm -hmm. return. Like this, it, they said reboot, but I don't think it's going to be like a hardcore reboot. Like I feel like they're kind of kind of continue the story where we left off in season three. I think so too. And I saw, I forget where I saw this, but one of the like online publishers had talked about this being the first new but continued series. And I think I sent that to you too. I saw yes. that on Twitter and I was like, what do you mean by new but continued? Like, <laughs> is this, is this going to be something more like a season four than a reboot? Like, are we going to be able to acknowledge the original Daredevil show as being canon and like picking up somewhat from where we left off, even though it's technically a new show? Like, 
I don't know, with all of the cast rumors and seeing them be active on social media and promoting these shows when they moved to Disney Plus and then kind of dropping hints about it. I don't know. I, I think it's seeming a lot more hopeful than the way I was originally thinking, which I thought it was going to be just total soft reboot, like same cast, but I don't know, not really the same story. But I think it's looking more hopeful now. Absolutely. Especially because I was, you know, I was on Twitter and I was seeing a lot of people being like, oh, you know, Disney Plus is going to totally ruin the show. Like it's not going to be, it's not going to be as violent. The writing's not going to be up to par. And I was sitting there and I was thinking, I don't think if like violence is like your, your main concern about the show, which is like a whole other conversation, but Disney Plus added parental controls to their platform so that they could add these like the shows are on Disney plus now they're not censored they're not like Mm -hmm. it's not like they cut stuff out it's the shows the way they were originally presented on Netflix like fully rated like mature ratings so I don't think they would have gone ahead and done that if they didn't plan to kind of remain faithful to that Mm -hmm. tone for for this new season or new series however it is that they're you know approaching it So I don't think that's something we necessarily have to worry about. I think that's a really good point. Like if if Disney hadn't taken these properties and put them on Disney Plus and added that extra section for the parental controls for mature content, I think I would have been more worried then. But they did kind of lean into it and they even did promo for all of the shows, which I totally didn't expect. Like all over social media, they were talking about the Defenders. They were even talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which Mm -hmm. means like, they've added this mature content and they've also gone out of their way to promote it. They had that banner at the top of the Disney plus screen with like Mm -hmm. Daredevil and Jessica Jones for a while. So I do think that like, I know that people have this worry and sometimes I get a little bit worried, but at the same time, they've certainly shown that they're willing to take that initiative and include mature content on their platform. Agreed. Agreed. And just thinking back to, because when the Netflix show started getting canceled, It was at first, you know, it was like Iron Fist, Luke Cage. They weren't exactly like the top performing shows for like Mm -hmm. the Marvel, um, the Marvel series on there. But then Jessica Jones got canceled. Daredevil got canceled. The Punisher was canceled. So it's kind of like, oh, so it's not about ratings or like fan base anymore. This is like something else entirely. And looking back now, it makes sense that maybe Disney, Disney and Marvel were like, actually, you guys aren't going to make any more seasons because the rights are going to come back to us soon and we have our own platform coming out and we want to keep making this show. So you're, you're done essentially like Mm -hmm. you're done. Yeah. I think that's exactly what happened. And I think that's also another reason we should be less worried because it Mm -hmm. seems like they've had this plan to bring back these shows for a while. And hopefully they've had time to kind of hear from the fan base i mean fans like there's the whole save daredevil campaign that's been running for years now and i'm sure that you know marvel ever since the cancellation of those shows has been aware of like fans wanting these characters to come back and what those fans might want to see in a continuation of these series yeah yeah and thinking about like kind of going a a little aside here with Vincent D'Onofrio's portrayal of Kingpin in Hawkeye that was kind of controversial, especially for Daredevil fans, because Vincent D'Onofrio said himself that he was playing the same version of that character. Like he wasn't playing a variant. He's like, no, I'm the same character, which then, you know, kind of leans into, okay, so it's not going to be like this reboot. It's going to be essentially kind of like a season four, but he was written in such a different way. Yeah. So it's like, okay, 
is that do you just chalk that up to like trying to make him fit the tone of Hawkeye because Hawkeye is a very different you know sort of show than Daredevil Mm -hmm. or is it kind of a sign of what's to come for the show I I think that personally I think it was probably that Fisk was written in a way to fit Hawkeye's tone. Mm-hmm. I think they really wanted a way to introduce us to Maya and um, Fisk and their relationship prior to the Echo series. And so that's why Fisk is sort of in that show, even though tonally he wouldn't really fit. So I think they did have to do a little bit of character reworking to make it seem like Fisk could reasonably be in that show and sort of make sense with the tone and the comedy aspect of the show. Right. And so I'm hoping that I, when we see him in Echo, which I'm pretty sure that we're expecting D'Onofrio back in Echo, I don't know if that's confirmed or if that's just sort of where we think it's going. I think that will be a good indicator of what he would look like if he came back in Daredevil, um, because that show is supposedly going to be tonally more like Daredevil. And so I think maybe it might just be adjustments being made to characters to fit sort of the genre of the show that they're in and that there's not we shouldn't be completely hopeless that we can get Fisk the way that we saw him in Daredevil yeah no I agree especially when you think about if it was the same Fisk from Daredevil in Hawkeye Kate Bishop would not be alive Um, yes (laughs) she would not have lived uh past that finale so it makes sense that they would have to kind of soften him up a little bit. And we've talked about this before. I'm sure they'll find a way to kind of explain like the personality change a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that, I mean, yes, hopefully, you know, he does have a role to play in the new Echo series just because I do want to see more of Fisk and Maya, you know, whether it's like flashback scenes or just, you know, kind of seeing more of her connection with you know with uncle as they called him for a long time in Hawkeye because that is such an important relationship she has in the comics Mm -hmm. and it would just be you know another way to kind of set the stage for Daredevil as well Um, and I know a lot of people are kind of like why do we have to make all these other shows about like Daredevil and and Wilson Fisk and it's like to be fair I'm sure once the show comes out, like it will have its own fan base, but right now Daredevil is a pre-existing series. So mm-hmm. it has it has more fans than Echo does, like, you know, and yeah. it is a connected universe and it's just part of Marvel where you're kind of expecting other characters to show up in other characters' franchises. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. That being said though, if even if he doesn't show up in Echo and if Daredevil doesn't show up in Echo, I think that where we left both of those characters off in, you know, No Way Home and Hawkeye, and then thinking of like where the story ended in, in Daredevil season three, I think we still have like plenty of room to work with to kind of start this season four. I think so too. I think like there's definitely more stories to tell with Fisk and Matt. And even though people joke that like Fisk manages to work his way into every single season of Daredevil and people were joking that like it took Kate Bishop five minutes to deal with Fisk (laughs) and it's taking Matt like three long seasons. But I really do think like there is so much more to go into with this character, especially because of the blip and the fact that Fisk is back and back in business. Like Mm -hmm. I'd really love to see what's been going on, even if this isn't a story that's continued in Echo. And even if we don't 
get to explore it there, I do think there's a chance to see that in like a Daredevil season four or the Daredevil reboot. Yeah, I agree. So on that note, like what would be like your top most wanted like potential storylines or interactions that you would hopefully want to see in in this new season? I would really like to see either some flashback to what was going on during the blip or like what was happening actually at the blip when it was happening and seeing who got snapped, um, who stayed. And I kind of want to see what was going on. I assume that Fisk did not get blipped and that's kind of how he was able to build up his business again and to get back into crime. I think it would just be really interesting to have that explanation because it would almost feel like, oh, this is why Daredevil ended in 2018. Like there was actually just this gap where the blip was happening and that's why we're picking up where we're at now. Um, And so it would sort of give me that closure for that lack of Daredevil, like, oh, it was just the blip and here's what you missed. And now this is where we're at in the timeline. Um, So I think it would be really great to see that. Of course, I think there's more to be done with Dex. We've had that teaser at the end of season three for so long and we just, we never really got a complete bullseye storyline like it was hinted at. Um, we knew Dex's skill set and his insane accuracy uh, with throwing things and seeing him use Matt's billy clubs and such. But I think more can definitely be done with Dex and maybe um, even some conflict between Fisk and Dex now that they're on opposing sides that would be amazing to see as well yeah no I as soon as you said the blip um I started nodding my head like (laughs) in person because yeah I I really want to know like okay did did just like part of our avocados flip was it like Matt and Foggy Mm -hmm. and Karen was it just Matt was it just like was like what was the who who was left behind essentially um, I do agree that Fisk was probably not blipped um, just because, you know, if they want a way to like kind of explain the difference in like his personality and like who he is in Cockeye versus Daredevil, that would be a good because if he's living through that, that would be a good way to, to explore that. Just thinking though, like of the blip and like, because there's so many different possibilities of, you know, what what the storylines could be and what could have happened just depending on who stayed and who was, who, who became dust, um, thanks Mm -hmm. to Thanos, like, especially when you think about how we ended season three, that finally Matt, Foggy, and Karen are like, they're all together again, and they're friends, and they're going to start their new firm together with, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the napkin scene is like so precious. And to think that either in that exact moment or shortly after the blip happens and separates the group is just like so heart-wrenching. It like physically hurts me to think about. Even like imagining it hypothetically, that group getting split up makes me want to cry. And so as much as I really want to see the blip and what happened and who got blipped, I think it's going to emotionally wreck me actually seeing that happen on screen, especially if they do pick up right where season three left off and it's immediately after the napkin scene. I think it would be insane to see that and it would be heartbreaking oh yeah especially because like regardless of who you pick if it's just one person if it's two of them regardless of who you pick who like stays behind like they're such great actors that you know that the the performance in that scene is going to be like emmy award winning like it's gonna be like give them their emmy it's gonna be fantastic and it's gonna hurt but it's so so. (laughs) it's on brand i wouldn't expect anything different right (laughs) 
so what do you think then that this means in general for like all of the previously Netflix owned shows? Like, do you think we'll maybe get the defenders again in the future? Like Jessica Jones, like, yeah, I, I definitely think that they might be preparing to bring the rest of the defenders back because there is such a big fan base for these characters, um, especially like Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. I don't know if they would like do recasting. People have been talking about rumors for recasting for Iron Fist. I think they're completely unfounded, but I think there's like a lot of different stories they could tell, even if they wanted to make some slight changes. I think the Punisher, like there's certainly more stories to tell with all of these characters. And so many of them are wildly popular and their shows are so loved Uh, and I know some of the actors and actresses from those shows have talked about like if they were given the opportunity they would definitely come back Um, and so I think there's a good chance that we can get it I don't know I think it's definitely possible and I feel like some of them are hinting at it Um, like when we just saw Kristen Ritter post the other day and she was saying how she would love to come back as Jessica Jones and she would jump on the opportunity. So I think, I don't know, I would certainly love to see it and to see more with the defenders and see if we can get another kind of team up with them again or see like the heroes for hire. It would just, it would be awesome. I agree, especially because I know a lot of people are saying like Marvel can't do dark, like Marvel, they just can't do dark. I was like, well, Multiverse of Madness was pretty freaking dark. Like, just saying, like, it was very dark. And Phase 4 has kind of been all about experimenting for Marvel. Like, they, Mm -hmm. if you look at Phase 4, it is nothing like the previous three phases. Like, every single thing that they've released is just so different from each other. So Mm -hmm. it makes sense that now they're at a place where they would explore, you know, darker, grittier content. Especially, as you said, with these shows that have such a huge fan base and have been, you know, showing their excitement about Disney Plus bringing the shows onto their platform and have been continuing, like, just continuing to show support for, like, a reboot or um, not like a hard reboot, like a soft reboot, like bringing the shows back for another season. So I do see it happening, you know, fingers crossed it, it does. Yes. Um, I don't know if they would go as far as to, although maybe that's not true. Cause I was going to say, I don't know if they'd go as far as to like bring them into the movies, but that's not true because mm-hmm. Charlie Cox was in Spider-Man No Way Home. Like just right mm-hmm. off the bat, they were like, here you go. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> so that's... I, no, go ahead. Oh no, you, you keep going. No, I was just going to say like, that's kind of where, like, I do think there's a bright future for these shows and for these characters I don't see Marvel like especially if Daredevil does like extremely well Mm -hmm. I don't see Marvel like throwing this opportunity away to like bring kind of these because especially when No Way Home first came out you know there was there were fans in the audience who like reacted and were like so excited to see Charlie in in the MCU but there were some people who were like who who is this person like why are we excited (laughs) and as a result you know those fans the Marvel fans went and watched Daredevil and you know some of them branched out and watched other the other Netflix shows but it didn't necessarily happen like the opposite didn't happen like the Netflix Marvel fans haven't necessarily 100% crossed over as MCU fans Mm-hmm. So that would be a great opportunity for them to kind of just like expand their their fan base and like bring them into the fold, so to speak. 
Yes. I really do hope that like this show, I think this Daredevil show is sort of going to be testing the waters. We're kind of going to see what happens. Like, will the Netflix MCU fans kind of come into the fold and the MCU fans vice versa? Like, are we all going to kind of meet in the middle? And this is going to be, you know, a test of whether or not the rest of the defenders come back. Like if Daredevil does really well as a reboot, I'm sure we could see Jessica Jones and Luke Cage start coming back. And then you brought up a good point with the movies. Like if this does well, there is a possibility that we can start seeing these ground level characters being worked into movies, even if it's as cameos, because like you said, in No Way Home, we had Charlie Cox come back and it was like for 30 seconds, but it meant the world. And we all kind of went crazy in, in the theaters being able to see him on screen. And so, I don't know, I think there's, there's so many possibilities with what can be done. And I guess it just comes down to how this series is gonna work and how it's gonna be received by fans. And I don't know if they're able to nail the tone, if they're able to nail the writing and the themes and kind of make it so it's true to the original show, but still bring something refreshing and interesting uh, to the MCU and isn't just a carbon copy of what we've seen before. So I guess there's just, there's a lot to see. We, we really just have to know how this goes and that's gonna determine what comes next. Yeah, especially because when you think about how, because we're still very much on like the cosmic era of of the yes. MCU. Like there's so much like with the multiverse still going on and like we still don't know what's going on in space with the Eternals and Thors. Mm -hmm. Like it's a lot of like very high level, like high stakes drama going on. So the Defenders, all of them would be like a great way to like keep the balance of yes. like having ground level heroes and like, not because I feel like we're kind of getting to a point I don't know if you feel the same way with the fans where everybody's kind of like okay well what's happening like what's the big story in phase mm -hmm. four what are we working towards and I think a lot of that has to do with the high stakes that have been in almost every single project so far but when it's a show like the Falcon the Winter Soldier for example it there wasn't like as much expectations because mm -hmm. people understood it was going to be like a grounded story Mm -hmm. I don't know if you feel similarly. Yeah, I think that's what's going to be great about Daredevil is that we have all of these high stakes, high level storylines going on in phase four right now. And Daredevil and Echo are certainly going to feel a lot more grounded. And I think that's a good thing to have that contrast so that the storytelling doesn't become too monotonous and too crazy and high stakes. Like I think a ground level story allows you to sort of get to know these characters more intimately and understand the universe at a much smaller level because you don't really get to see day-to-day -day life and small-scale people in stories like Eternals or Multiverse of Madness. You're not really seeing the ground-level impact. And I think shows like Daredevil allow us to become so much more connected to the characters because if we were in the MCU, we would probably be on the ground level, like just civilians experiencing all these crazy things. And I think, I don't know, it's just... I've always loved ground level stories. That's why I love the Defender series so much. And I think it brings great contrast and it it really just expands the universe in a way that makes it more, it's it's slow paced and it's it's different. It's not, it's not high stakes. And I do think that will help shift the expectations. It's not gonna be a multiverse of madness situation where you're expecting like insane things in the story, like a ton of cameos or a ton of stuff to set up the rest of phase four and phase five. Like Daredevil is gonna be 
really grounded and you're, and you're not going to expect those things. You're not going to expect it to be so interconnected with the rest of the MCU. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Especially um, when you think about, we like you were saying, like us, the audience, if we lived in, in the MCU, we would be on the ground level. We would be experiencing things at a very different in a very different way than we see the heroes experiencing, you know, in like Multiverse of Madness, in, uh, in Shang-Chi, like it's, it's a very different situation. And so, and that was like one of the things that I think made Daredevil so great was that you kind of saw like from like the police to civilians, kind of like the impact on them, especially like when I'm thinking like season one, um, when Matt and Foggy and Karen were trying to help, um, I forget the character's name again, but she was one of, she was like a tenant in this building that they were trying to like evict all of them. Like that's like mm-hmm. a very like real life thing. And yes. it's not something that you really see happening in the MCU, like those like day-to-day small things, but they're, the show was able to explore things like that in such an impactful way for like both storytelling and character growth. So I hope that's something that they can continue like as an MCU show. Mm-hmm. I do wonder too, because, and I understand too, it's part of it is like budget. You can't get certain actors to like come back for other shows. It's hard for Marvel to kind of address like previous tragedies and, and situations like in the next projects, like people were like, well, why mm-hmm. wasn't, wouldn't Spider-Man have showed up in like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier with that attack and it's usually like Spider-Man or or Kate Bishop because it's a lot of the stuff that happens in in New York City. Mm -hmm. So I wonder how, if at all, they would address, like besides the blip, like things that have happened in New York City throughout phase four, because a lot has happened in New York City. So much. (laughs) So I wonder how, if at all, they would address any of that in a new Daredevil season. I've been thinking about that a lot. I have to admit, when I went to go see Multiverse of Madness, I was watching all these insane things happening and like partly in New York. And I was like, wow, Matt Murdock lives here. And he's like (laughs) kind of just chilling there with his billy clubs and like a bad attitude, like going after some criminals in an alley. Like, wow, this is all now in the same cinematic universe. And it blows my mind. So I do wonder... I feel like it would sort of be the way that Daredevil was in the past. I mean, it was always kind of muddy because we didn't know if Daredevil shows were technically MCU canon. Like they do acknowledge the Battle of New York. But other than that, when things were going on in the MCU, it wasn't addressed in the shows. And honestly, I wouldn't mind if they did that again, if they just sort of ignored the bigger stuff. And they were like, yeah, Matt's Matt's got his own kind of system running in Hell's Kitchen. He, he doesn't really deal with the big galactic alien stuff. He's just sort of, he's chilling with Foggy and Karen. And I, I wouldn't mind if they didn't really address uh, in detail any of the other events that happened in the MCU. I sort of feel like sometimes these projects depend a little bit too much on interconnectivity, which is why I really liked Moon Knight because it felt sort of like Daredevil and that it was pretty closed and contained. And it was sort of like Stephen and Mark and Layla are dealing with this within their own little bubble and they don't address anything else that's really going on. Yeah. So I think like if it ended up being contained and they didn't explain, I, I honestly wouldn't question it because 
Daredevil and the Defenders didn't tend to do that, even with each other's shows. Like Jessica Jones and Daredevil never really acknowledged each other too deeply, even though right. crazy stuff was going on at some points. Like, oh, maybe they should have checked in on each other. They're like five blocks away. But yeah, I think I think I would be okay if if they didn't address it too much and just kind of let Matt do his thing. I agree. I think the extent of it should just be the blip. And then mm-hmm. just because, and it's like, you know, this joke on the internet where everybody's like, Matt is just micromanaging the hell out of Hell's Kitchen. Like he, he, if it's outside of Hell's Kitchen, like he's not involved. It's not, um, it's not like his, his problem. So I think that's definitely something that should continue. Uh, so I totally agree. It's, and it goes back to the whole, like keeping the ground level heroes grounded and kind of letting the others do their thing, kind of keeping it separate. It would be fun. I think they're going to have some fun though. Like now I feel like they can kind of name drop a little more. Yes. So there can be like references now, like what it it doesn't necessarily even have to be like them talking about it. Like, you know, Matt Foggy and Karen, it could be just like on a, on, on a newspaper or like playing on the news on a TV in the background, like just kind of these little things, which will also help us understand to like where this takes place where this new mm-hmm. season will take place in the grand scheme of things because that was one thing too um going back to what you were saying how they never outright acknowledged that daredevil was like canon to the mcu like we knew it was after the battle of new york but beyond that we don't really know like when season two took place when season three took place like in the mcu timeline so and this is also something that's been kind of like frustrating about phase four that you're never fully sure when these projects are happening Mm -hmm. after endgame so I think that would be a way to kind of bring it more into the MCU without shoving all like promoting like all these other shows in in Daredevil itself I think you bring up a good point like even if it's just papers or like if Karen's still working at the New York Bulletin and like they're talking about other articles that are coming out like oh have you got that article about the stuff that went on here or the stuff that was going on there like if they just kind of name dropped in the background like really quickly I think it would just be great to know kind of where we are and to remind us that like this is in the MCU like even if it feels so small scale that it couldn't possibly be in the same universe it truly is like existing at that same time with all this other crazy stuff it's still ground level so I think yeah that would be really cool I hope that they you know because it's not the same writers and showrunners from my understanding mm-hmm. so, okay I see you have a face I still have <laughs> stuff you want to say about this <laughs> I I have to be honest I am a little bit worried that mm-hmm. it's different writers I know that I wonder if these two writers are going to be writing the whole series because the Disney Plus shows do operate differently than the Netflix shows did. Like the Netflix shows basically had a different writer for each episode of Daredevil and they had a set of like 15 executive producers and they would have different people directing each episode, but obviously it was still contained in like a a storyline that was consistent and an overall arc, but it was like different, so many different people collaborating on this project. Whereas with the Disney Plus shows, I think it tends to be like one or two writers and like a specific director doing the whole thing because they're much shorter series as well. Yeah. Um, and so I do wonder, people were like posting about the movies that this duo has worked <laughs> on before. And I was like, like they worked on Deck the Halls, that movie, which got like yeah. 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I guess I really do have to put my faith in Marvel and in Disney in that they 
they wouldn't do something that was a bad choice. Like they must have chosen these writers for a reason. I'm hoping they presented them with some really good ideas and they're like, oh, you would be great for this. And I do know that writers that worked on the Daredevil show are working on Echo right now. Okay. And so I hope there will be some sort of collaboration with the Echo team since supposedly Echo and Daredevil are going to be pretty interconnected. Like Daredevil might pick up where Echo left off if mm-hmm. we do see Charlie and Vincent come back. But yeah, I, I'm worried about the writers being, you know, completely new to this sort of genre as well, since I, I didn't really see that they worked on anything that was thematically similar to Daredevil, and they haven't done many projects in general. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I definitely share the worries that a lot of people have brought up online. But at the same time, I do have to hope that with the collaboration with the Echo team, that it might, you know, it might end up working out and that maybe they'll bring on more writers in the future. Like these two writers are the only ones we have confirmed for now, but that doesn't mean that they won't get more people as the project, you know, gets started up consulting in the future. Right. And you brought up, um, you mentioned something that has stuck with me now because Disney Plus's approach for doing their TV shows is very bizarre. It's like not yes. the industry standard. Like what you were saying, like how they were doing it with Daredevil, where you have like, it's a, a writer's room. You have a lot of writers. Each writer writes one episode, but they collab to like, you know, come up with like the outline of each episode all together. Mm-hmm. And then you have the showrunner who kind of like oversees everything and making sure that everything is staying like on point for this general storyline for the season. That's the industry standard. So Disney Plus doing all of these other shows with like kind of one or two people writing all of the scripts, one director directing all the episodes, it's not normal. Like it's not what's been done previously. Mm -hmm. And in some cases it's worked, like WandaVision is like a prime example. But, you know, in other cases, like, I mean, I don't know what, I don't remember your opinion, but my, like I, Loki was just not yeah not a good episode like not a good show in my opinion mm-hmm. and then if you look like also like across other franchises like um Boba Fett was like not executed well either it's it's weird that they decided to go this this route for for all their tv shows um and also I understand because they're each episode has like a much larger budget than like your typical tv show has so they're doing shorter seasons but I for Dare- like Daredevil cannot be a six episode season. No, you it can't, really can't. It, you can't like you can't explore all of the necessary character moments and story beats that you need to for the show to be a success in only six episodes. It's just it's not it's not the way the show has existed previously, where each season was the double is like twelve mm-hmm. to thirteen episodes per season. So it has to be like I would say like nine episode minimum for it to yeah. fully work even with like I think was WandaVision eight episodes or nine it episodes? was nine it was I think it was originally supposed to be seven but then mm-hmm. they expanded it to nine and even with WandaVision like I felt like wow this could have really benefited as much as I loved WandaVision from having like a couple extra episodes mm-hmm. to like kind of expand and kind of get a more closed ending and more answers to all of our questions with Daredevil, I can't even imagine, like, as much as I loved Moon Knight and I thought it was great, the six episodes, like, I feel like it did hinder it a little bit. And it could have been a lot better if we had more time with these characters and with this plot. And I just, I think that the 13 episodes worked so well for Daredevil. And so many of us fans got, like, spoiled with that format. 
that I just, I don't see it being possible, especially because Daredevil was so good at telling slow paced stories that allowed you to be like intimate with the characters and understand them. Like, I don't see how we would get an episode like that episode that focused on Karen Page and it didn't further the plot much at all. It was just a character study, which I loved. It's one of my favorite episodes. How would you have time for that if you're doing six episode seasons where you have to get the plot resolved by that sixth episode. You don't really get time to be slow paced and intimate and get that emotional depth to these characters, which it has me worried. It, it really does. No, I agree. And what you're saying about, you know, Daredevil, it, it, they did such a great job of, you know, doing the slow paced stories. And it's true. Like when you think about the stories and how they play out in in Daredevil as it exists currently versus what Marvel has done for their shows on Disney Plus, like those stories, those shows on Disney Plus feel very kind of rushed. Yes. Like in the moment you're having, you're watching it, you're having a great time. But then when you stop and you like, you're getting like towards the last like two episodes or so, you're like, we're almost done with this show. Like they mm-hmm. it, they need to hurry up so that we can you know resolve the story and what do they do they yeah. end up hurrying and and rushing the story so that they can resolve everything like if we had gotten like you were saying like the character episode for Karen and Daredevil like if we had gotten something like that for for Layla for example or or for Arthur like can you imagine if we had gotten a character episode for Arthur like when he was when it was him and Khonshu like before Mm -hmm. like it it would have I feel like it would have played out the show would have played out like so much differently like the fans would have had such a different perspective on Arthur and it's something that we can't ever go back to and like revisit because spoiler alert he's dead now like yeah like an episode like that is like stuff that Daredevil has been able to do and explore in the past like even and even with the villains like they're they did they've done that with Wilson Fisk they did that with Dex like it's a consistent pattern that they've had so yeah just thinking about how if they continue and they just do six episodes like you can't explore these characters as much as you need to and like their interactions Mm -hmm. with each other and their relationship is relationships as much as you need to in just six episodes and that's not saying it's like oh you know you just don't know how to write it's like no you need to give them the time that they deserve to Mm -hmm. you know do them justice and I think you bring up a good point like we saw Wilson Fisk and Dex they each kind of had their own episodes of just backstory um and I thought that's honestly what made them so much more compelling as villains because sometimes I ask myself like why do I think Fisk is one of the best villains in the MCU like there's so much more powerful villains there are so much more like dangerous villains that have been more threatening uh, much higher level villains who have done crazier things than Fisk but like we saw so much of Fisk and what motivated Fisk like I felt like I had such a clear understanding of what Fisk was doing why he was doing it and it just it made him so much of a better foil to Matt because we got to intimately spend time with Matt and see, you know, what drives him as a hero. And we saw the same exact thing for Fisk. Like we actually had so much of Fisk behind the scenes when he's not interacting with Matt and we saw Fisk's backstory and we saw how, wow, these characters are such perfect foils 
um, and oppositions. And even with Dex, like seeing his childhood and what was going to build into a season four with Dex as a villain, it just makes them so much more compelling. And you can have a great villain without that backstory, but the backstory makes it so much better. Absolutely. Especially, you know, as you're saying, it, it sets them up as a foil for, for the mm-hmm. hero. And, you know, I'm just thinking back, like, you know, previous MCU villains and like the one that pops up in my head first is like Killmonger. We got a backstory with him. We got, mm-hmm. we spent time with him. We understood his motivations and like where he came from. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why he's regarded as one of the best villains in the MCU. And then, you know, if you want to talk about Thanos as well, like he was the main character in Infinity War. He had more screen time than any other, with all the characters in that movie, he had the most screen time by a lot too. So we spent time with him. We got to understand his his psyche. You need to spend time with your villain so that the audience not necessarily doesn't sympathize with them, but understands them because Mm -hmm. then it just makes it that much better when they're, you know, confronted with the hero who we also, you know, we spent time with and we understand them. We know where they're both coming from. We know their ideologies and it just makes the clash that much better. Like you were saying, it just, it, it, it works for a reason. So and again, it's hard to do that when you only have six episodes in a season. Mm-hmm. And I think with the six episodes, like even if it's not something important about character building, like even if it's not about giving depth to like Karen Page or Fisk or Dex, I think we saw so many small moments that were just so valuable to me as like a viewer, like seeing just Nelson, Murdoch, and Paige, like seeing them have little moments together that weren't necessarily important to the plot, like just them working in the office or like when Electra and Matt went to a diner, like they weren't doing things that were pushing the plot, but these character interactions were like, they were just so nice to watch. Like I love slower moments like that. Like I wish we got more of that in Moon Knight, like interactions with Layla and Mark and Steven just without the, driving the plot, just them yeah kind of interacting with each other. And I think Daredevil gives such great character interactions or like even when like Matt and Foggy go to the police station or they're like helping out a client, like they had, they feature a ton of clients that they're helping out or like the whole subplot with Mrs. Cardenas, like it yes. does involve the rest of the plot, but it's it's much smaller stories that you you wouldn't have time for. Like, I don't know how they would be able to in six episodes do the whole Miss Cardenas storyline within the greater Fisk storyline. Like you don't have time for smaller interactions as well as smaller problems and that they have to fix within that overall arc. No, absolutely. And this, when you were saying that, it made me think like, oh my God, because what, what you were saying, how like Layla, Stephen and Mark, like all of their interactions push the plot. There's like mm-hmm. no, inter- I can't think of a single moment in that show where they're interacting just to interact, just to kind of mm-hmm. build that relationship and develop it for the for the audience versus, you know, all of what we got in Daredevil. And I think that those little moments in Daredevil where they're just, you know, they're just existing. And yeah, maybe it doesn't push the plot forward, but it, one, it develops the relationships for us to see. It builds them as characters because, you know, the more you spend time with somebody, the more you understand them, the more they, you know, they become a person to you. And the same mm-hmm. goes, the same is true for watching a character. The more you can see them 
on screen, just in existing, just interacting, the more you understand them. And in turn, I feel like that makes like the plot heavy moments like that much more impactful. Yes. Right? Like, I it, totally agree. Like being able to spend time with these characters in those moments instead of having to fill in the gaps is so much better because like with Moon Knight, I understand that like Layla and Mark have this whole past relationship, but we rarely get to see Layla and Mark actually talking. And so as an audience member, I just sort of have to fill in the gaps and make the connection like, oh, you know, they're married. This is sort of some of their backstory. And so I'm going to fill it in. Whereas with Daredevil being able to see it and see like how in actuality they're interacting with each other it just it makes me care about everyone so much more like as much as I can fill in the gaps myself and have my own personal head cannons that might not even be true actually getting to see it on screen is is so different and like again like you're saying like in these the actual plot heavy moments like because you have that connection with the characters and you've seen their backstory you've seen the way they care about each other like it's it's much more high stakes and it, it there's a bigger payoff since you know they just they have more depth yeah like can you imagine the the uh nelson v murdoch episode if it was like a six episode season where like all their interactions were just oh, kind of God. like related to the case and like investigating fisk and and all this and then suddenly like the the second to last episode is like nelson v murdoch or something like that I, and it, it just wouldn't work it would not work at all. And even like, I'm worried that we wouldn't even get episodes like Nelson v. Murdoch because that mm -hmm. that episode, it's one of my favorites and it's not that plot heavy. Like it really is all backstory with Matt and yeah. Foggy and it's built on a lot of backstory and like those small moments. So it's like, are we gonna have to sacrifice all of that like character development and interaction and some of the best stories that have come out of Daredevil just to like get a resolution in six episodes? It just, it feels weird. It feels so weird and, you know, a little, little worrisome. I'm not going to lie. This is like <laughs> the opposite of what I had intended. I feel like I'm getting more worried about this show the more we I know. <laughs> Me too. At first I was like, I was kind of confident. And now as we're like going into the details, I'm like, oh yeah, this, this might be a problem. <laughs> I mean, like you were saying before, you know, there, there's probably going to be some collaboration if it hasn't been confirmed already between like the new Daredevil team and the Echo writers team. So hopefully that will, you know, there, there will be some carryover of like, you know, of knowledge and, and like advice and everything. Um, hopefully with this show, they do, because it's a pre-existing show, this isn't a new show, it's a pre-existing show. So hopefully, even if it's not 13 episodes, like, you know, maybe nine because there's precedent with WandaVision. I am thinking that they, this show doesn't really need that, like the same level of budget as some of no. these other shows do because it is a ground level vigilante TV show. So, you know, they would have more money to spare to do more episodes. Yeah. So I think there's, there's like, I, I, I think it would be very bizarre if they were like, oh, yeah, you know, the first three seasons are like 13 episodes each or 12, I don't remember. But season four, we're bringing it back, but it's only for six episodes. I think that would be like very weird on Disney's part to do. I think you definitely bring up a good point. Like, I can't remember really at any point where there's like CGI, like heavy CGI in yeah. Daredevil. I mean, like there's special effects, but I mean, I'm trying to think if there's even any CGI, like that I'm aware of like big CGI villains and big fights. So 
and I'm, I'm sure that that's where the majority of the budget is going for shows like WandaVision is developing like of course yeah. with Wanda all of her powers and Agatha's powers and all the crazy stuff they did with the hex so like you do bring up a good point the budget is going to be spent quite differently because Daredevil just doesn't need to utilize those effects and I, I think that could go into producing more episodes in exchange and I mean I do have to hope we don't know for sure the length of these episodes. And I, I just have to hope that while we start getting news about the show and we get more details, that it will be revealed that Disney is willing to make changes to that sort of Disney plus formula they've developed. Like, I hope that they're willing to extend that that small series format and even even small stuff I'm so nitpicky like I would love for the Daredevil intro to come back like the beautiful yes. intros yes. intro scene and the theme music I just that's not something they do with the Disney plus shows and just as a Daredevil fan the theme makes my heart so happy like hearing that music and seeing those visuals so small stuff like that I I do hope that they'd be willing to make some changes considering that this really isn't a new show. Like you said, like this show did already exist. There's precedent for it. Mm -hmm. No. So uh, I, cause as we were talking, I took some notes. So I want to touch on like all these things you said, cause they're all really good points. So with, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, like CGI versus, you know, other things they could spend the budget on. Like Daredevil was filmed on location. Mm -hmm. It's not like they have to build like these massive sets. It's not like they have to, you know, do like all this green screen, like the show they were in New York City filming this show originally so that's something that they could go back and continue doing and in terms of the length I yeah I think that does go back to like what they're willing to do like how closely to the show they're willing to like match to um the Disney plus format so I'm gonna kind of like reverse a little bit of what I said before about like how they kind of always do this like the same writers for all the shows I actually as you were speaking, I remembered The Mandalorian. Each episode is written by somebody different, if I'm remembering correctly, and is directed by mm -hmm. someone different as well. So that proves that Disney Plus can actually do this. I know that's like Star Wars and not Marvel, but somebody at Disney Plus is like saying, yeah, you know, that this is okay. Like I, I'm signing off on different directors and different writers for all these episodes. So hopefully that's like, you know, that makes means that there's a possibility that they can continue doing that for daredevil mm -hmm. um because it's true it and, and especially oh god the opening credits like that theme song means so much to so many fans like mm -hmm. the way that when the wandavision jingle played in multiverse of madness like yes. the daredevil theme song playing at any point is like your your heart just lights up you're 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 yeah. so excited because it's the song is so good and like the just the presentation of you know the credits in general is just so beautiful I wouldn't be like if they keep the theme song and they're like you know what we're gonna we're gonna keep doing it I wouldn't be surprised if they like altered the images in some way like the same kind mm -hmm. of um appearance but like maybe different yes. like, spots in New York City to kind of like tie it in more with the MCU maybe in, mm -hmm. in some way um I I wouldn't be totally surprised though if for like the first episode they play like the Marvel logo but like with the theme song instead and then after mm -hmm. that that's kind of like it that I, that wouldn't shock me too much um kind of like what they did with the Spider-Man theme song in Homecoming that mm -hmm. they played they played the theme I hope they bring 
the song back because it's just so good. Especially it also really because they like use it in the soundtrack for like yeah. for like big, you know, fight scene daredevil like hero moments. Like it's it's part of it's part of the show. You like you can't take it away. Yeah, like I was even wondering, like, are they gonna bring back the same composers for the score? Because the music is just so fantastic on this yeah. show. It's honestly amazing. It's so good. I I think to like kind of go on, on a more hopeful note here, I think if they're willing to bring, you know, revive this show and it looks like they're bringing, they're going to bring back the cast. I think they're willing to like acknowledge that this, this show was like a really good show. Even if they did, they didn't make those first three seasons, that show is a really good show. And there is more talent involved than like what's on camera. There's like a whole crew mm-hmm. of people working behind the scenes. I think, and I hope, Disney and Marvel acknowledges that and brings back some of these people. And I'm sure a lot of these people might be in contract working for different projects. So that could be part of it too. But the people who are available, I know they would like jump at the chance to come work for Marvel Studios, like officially and for Disney at large. Like that's a huge, that's a huge gig. So I think just in general, if they're, you know, going forward with bringing the show back, and acknowledging like no there is a fan base for it you also to acknowledge that you have to acknowledge that there's like all these different things that made that show special Mm -hmm. and to continue that success you have to bring back as many of those you know quote-unquote ingredients as possible to kind of to try to match it to continue you know as I said to like continue the success and you know not disappoint the fans because it's one thing when it's like a new show and you know you have it's for your existing fan base like okay here you go it's another thing when you're bringing back a show mm-hmm. that people already know and love and uh you know will have expectations for it i feel like that's a little worse if you if you screw that up yeah i totally agree yeah so fingers crossed <laughs> fingers crossed fingers crossed i'm i'm hoping for the best you know preparing myself for some changes but still I'm gonna go into it expecting expecting good things and I think I think that we're gonna we're gonna get Charlie Cox back so if that's the worst that it is we're getting our Matt Murdock back so I I guess I'll be happy with that and on that note that is it for this episode of the fandom report thank you guys all so much for tuning in and thank you Trista so much for joining us today Thank you so much for having me. I loved coming on here. As always, I loved talking about Daredevil with you and what's to come for Matt's future in the MCU. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. We always love having you on. You guys definitely follow Trista on the on the socials if you don't already. Her links will be in the description box below. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>